0: You're listening to episode six of the Week at the Runs podcast. In this episode, we'll talk all about base training, and we'll have our first segment on Ask Coach Tab. Welcome to the Week at the Runs podcast. We're your hosts, Letty and Angela, and we invite you to join us as we chat about all things running. In this podcast, we talk tips, tactics, and strategies to make running a favorite part of your life. Hey runners! Hey runners! Hi Angela! How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Letty? Very good. How was your week of
1: running? My week of running was good. We started back up running on Wednesday. That's great. We started the base training. We did start base training. So, what is base training
0: exactly, Letty? Well, let me consult with Dr. Google. (laughs) According to Google, base training, also called the introductory or foundational training period, is the first phase of training cycles. It's what prepares runners for the more challenging race-specific workouts that come later. That's what it is. So that's a
1: really good explanation. So let's get a little further information. How about we ask our coach, Coach Ron Tab?
2: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month and six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG.
1: Ron Tabb is a retired elite runner.
0: He was a minute away from the marathon world record in the early 80s. He was self-coached to a two-eleven marathon, and then he hired Coach Bill Dellinger, who was Prefontaine's coach.
1: He has coached many athletes over the past 40 years, including Meb and Mary Decker, who he
0: coached through her world records. That's right, and just recently, he also expanded his business to include the average runner like you and me. He also started Runners Training Academy, which you can find on Instagram and on www.runnerstrainingacademy.com. So we actually sat down with Coach Tab and had a conversation with him about base training and we're eager to share with you everything that we learned. And if you like this
1: information, we will be interviewing Coach Ron Tab more often. So share some information,
0: and some questions that you'd like us to ask him. All right. So now let's listen to Ron Tab. Welcome to Ask Coach Tab, a segment in our podcast where we talk to Elite Coach Ron Tab. Ron Tab is a retired elite runner. He ran a two hundred nine thirty one in Boston in nineteen eighty three, back when the world record was only a two hundred eight. He's won many other marathons, and his coaching experience is of over forty years, ranging from Mary Decker to Meb.
1: Welcome, listeners. We have Coach Ron Tab here.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: So we have a few questions for you relating to base training. So let's get started with giving us maybe a brief summary of how long you've been coaching.
2: I've been coaching since 19, um, well, I started coaching myself after college in 1977. That's awesome. So I was self-coached for my first six years uh, and then um, briefly uh, coached uh, a few individuals uh, uh, during that six-year span and then... I began college coaching in 1991.
1: That is awesome. So, and on that topic, we had we're talking about base training. So, can you tell us a little bit of an overview of what base training is for runners? Say someone who's been running 30 miles a week on average.
2: Okay. So, When I'm coaching an athlete that is, let's say we have an athlete that is preparing for a uh, January marathon of next year. Uh, What I would like to see that individual do is to try and build their base and their foundation up. So uh, once we get approximately eight to 10 weeks out from the date of the marathon, we can begin doing fartlek-type training and interval-type training. So an athlete who comes to me and their base, uh, their uh, regiment has been approximately 30 miles a week, what I would uh, envision that athlete doing is trying to build their mileage up to something more uh, more suitable mileage for marathon training, which 30 miles really isn't adequate uh, to have a, to realize your full potential. And so what I typically like to do is I would start them off in uh, July one, and then we would go uh, start off between 25 and 30 miles a week to get to, you know, to see how, uh, what kind of times they're running, you know, what type of pace that they're running. Then we start building uh, for, or increasing that mileage uh, come August. And then we would look at, say, Uh, 30 to 35 miles, maybe 40, depending on how they respond to the July training. Uh, So the the process that you have, because we have six months left until uh, the beginning of uh, 2021, that January race. So then come September, then again, we try to build the mileage up. Ideally, I would like to see someone uh, who is starting at 30 miles a week uh, try to get that mileage between 50 and 60 by... Uh, by the fall that gives them that that is the base training there's no interval training no speed training at that point in time we're just doing uh, long steady state runs on the weekends your long run typically I like to see at least a 12 to to 15 mile run on your Sunday run Uh, but obviously at 30 miles a week that's not going to be possible so the long run would probably be something in the uh, 7 to 10 mile range
1: Okay, thank you for that overview. So basically, you're saying that the base training is building from that 30 up to that 50 to 55 comfortably for the runner?
2: Exactly. Yeah, you have to, in order to accomplish everything that you need to have accomplished before you toe the line, you really need that foundation uh, to begin doing your speed training and your interval training. Otherwise, you'll find yourself getting yourself injured.
1: Okay. And so, and what does that week look like? So you, you're saying long run on a Sunday. And then what generally would that week look like as they're progressing, say this 30 building up to that 50, 55.
2: Okay. So we get to, uh, we have that, that person up to 55 miles. All right. So now what we want to do is we want that Sunday run to be, um, 12 uh, to 15 miles at, at race pace on Sunday. So we're really we're hammering the uh, the uh, the long run on Sunday, uh, and then once you have got once you're comfortable with that, then that afternoon. Because I, I I get this all the time with my runners that they don't want to they they think that they have to do a 25 mile run in order to run 26 miles, which isn't the case. Uh, back in my day when I was uh, an athlete my long run was typically 17 miles, but that 17 miles would be faster than what my marathon pace would be. So I'd be doing sub five minute miles, uh, in that, uh, in that, uh, workout. And then I would do a five mile shakeout recovery run, uh, later in the afternoon. So I would still get the long, I would get the 20 plus mile, uh, workout in for the day, but it would just be broken up into two sessions. And then, then I would come back on Monday and and Monday is typically a recovery day. So uh, I would have that person that's doing 55 to 60, I would have them doing something uh, five to seven miles as, as a recovery run. You know, so because we're going to come back, now we're getting into uh, November, December, and we're doing uh, interval training or fartlek training. So we'd have some type of a speed session on Tuesday. Uh, whether it would be a fartlek session or an interval session, but I typically like to go longer intervals or or uh, for our fartleks uh, a longer span of time. So something in the five to six minute range for a surge uh, in your uh, in your uh, fartlek session. We come back on Wednesday, then uh, Wednesday again we go back to a five to seven mile recovery day. Then Thursday we do shorter intervals. So. Uh, if we're going to the track, maybe we're doing eight hundreds or thousands, you know. So something a little bit shorter than what we did on on that uh, Tuesday workout. Then on uh, Thursday and, f- or I'm sorry, on Friday and Saturday, then we come back and those are easier runs before we do our hard session again on the weekend.
1: Okay, I see. So that is when you're transitioning from that base into now these quality sessions.
2: Exactly. Yeah, but you can't do you can't do the fartleks and you can't do the intervals. Without the base, uh, it's important to have that a good solid base and foundation before you begin doing that. I prefer at least three months of base training, uh, and that's someone that, who has an established running uh, regimen to begin with. So if you if you haven't been training, if you're if you're a newbie, uh, someone who hasn't uh, run a track or cross country or uh, road racing before, uh, it's really ideal to try and get a good six-month base in uh, before you even begin doing interval and train and fartlek.
1: Thank you for that summary. That was great. That was my next question is, is it more so the mileage, like building it up to that 50-55, or or more so the time? Like you're saying, if they're new, it is that six months. If they're already established at that 30, it's more so that three months of building that base. Exactly.
2: It'll depend on on what your experience uh, is you know and also you have to take in age into consideration you know for uh some folks that are uh in their 50s and 60s and i coach many uh athletes uh, that are 50 and 60 uh years of age i try to give them uh be, uh two days between uh hard interval sessions as opposed to one day if you're in your 20s and 30s um, 40s you can have uh 48 hours between or you can have you know that Wednesday as a break. Uh, if you're a little older, I like to go Tuesday, uh, Tuesday Friday. Yeah, so it depends on the the age group that you fall into, and also it depends on again uh, how long you've been running.
1: Yeah, definitely. Okay, Ron. So if you were to, if you were to explain to a runner who comes to you who's thirty miles per week, and they want to know why is it important for them to build a base if they feel strong in that those 30 miles and they feel like they're ready for quality sessions what would you explain to them and why it's so important to build that base
2: okay uh, because if you begin doing something that you that you're not prepared for you're setting yourself up for an injury you know so one of the things to have a positive experience running wise is the, to have fewer injuries injuries are a part of that you expect a, that an athlete will eventually uh, come down with some sort of an injury uh, but Uh, being coming in at a conservative uh, approach will lessen the likelihood of that person getting injured so that's why uh, everyone I come in more on a conservative side than on an aggressive side you know even though this person that's that's doing a 30 mile uh, week for you know 10 weeks Um, they might be able to come in and do intervals successfully, but I would rather as a coach, I would rather be able to watch and monitor their training, uh, for an extended period of time before I have them uh, start doing more intense training.
1: Okay. And if, so from year to year or from race to race, does your base, is it something that you build upon? Like say they're building this base for the rest of this year, they race in January and then what's their next step after that? Do they build An additional base do they keep racing
2: you'll be able to keep your interval training uh, going for not much longer than three months anytime that you go beyond three months you're going to start going uh, I like to use like you're climbing a a mountain well you have to come back on the backside eventually and that's the uh, same thing with uh, with doing interval-type training. Eventually, you're gonna peak, and then you have to come down the backside of the mountain, and so you'll lose the ability to uh, continue to progress. So that's when you go back to your base training. Uh, with the athletes that I've been coaching that, uh, that had fall marathons, I'm sorry, who had uh, spring marathons uh, uh, scheduled, we had to, what I ended up having to do is to find an alternative uh, approach towards doing the virtual races. And with the virtual races, I dropped their mileage down, but I increased the intensity and in their speed training. Uh, with our with our group, the uh, Runner's Training Academy, everyone in there, almost every single person uh, pr this spring uh, in their 5Ks. Uh, because they had the great foundation good base that because they were using it for marathon training then we dropped the mileage down and we were able to do uh, quality speed training as a result of the base that they had uh, established over the uh, winter
1: that's awesome so now and with that what would you recommend for someone who is a runner say they had a spring marathon planned and it didn't get to work out and now they're kind of in this in between they're not sure when is a race That is going to come what would you recommend for
2: them well we had a lull uh, and everyone that i'm working with um, we finished up with our racing season our virtual racing season at the end of may and so uh, we went back into base training um, we did have one more race, uh, but in June. But uh, we've gone back now to where we're scaling back from doing interval training because there's really no reason at this point in time with no races on the uh, uh, on the schedule. So we're back into uh, base building mode. So that person that was doing the 35 or 30 miles a week uh, training wise, now we're gonna start back at that point you know 25 to 30 we're going to scale back just a little bit and then we're going to start base training and by the end of the summer hopefully we'll have that person uh doing something closer to a 35 to 40 miles a week
1: that's awesome okay and and with that for any of our listeners who are say maybe around that 30 to 35 and they want to start building a base now what would that week look like
2: If they're at thirty, okay. So what what is their background? That's that's the important thing that for me to know is what their background is. But if they are at thirty, if they've been doing thirty miles a week for the last three months, Mm -hmm. uh, what I would look for is to keep it in that range, twenty five to thirty miles a week. But I would look for those some of those runs to increase intensity. So we're looking. Your times will become faster as you get stronger. So once you adapt, you know, here in South Florida, uh, with the temperatures reaching 100 degrees, you know, near 100 degrees with the heat index, it's really hard to get uh, the quality runs in that that you're able to get in in October, November, or let's say November, December, uh, January. Uh, You can get, you're gonna see more quality runs at that time of the year. This time of the year, we're just trying to survive. We're trying to get, uh, you know, we, we wanna get that mileage that that guy that's doing, or that, that individual who's doing 25 to 30, you know, we wanna continue doing that, uh, but then come August, uh, we wanna see that mileage uh, increase a little bit. But I would expect that person uh, to see their times also get faster, uh, because they are developing, uh, the, they're getting physically they're, and mentally, they're uh, getting stronger.
1: That's so interesting that you say that because when I automatically think base training, I think slow, steady state miles the entire time within those three months. So you're saying within that block of three months of base training, slowly, progressively increasing yes,
2: intensity. Yes, absolutely, yes. So we'll use for example, we're doing a, um, uh, a, a five-mile run, okay? We're doing a five-mile run on uh, – on Sunday morning okay so five times seven is 35 all right so that five mile run that they might have been doing seven minute pace I I would anticipate that they're going to be doing sub seven minute pace by the end of the summer because they're just building that because that they're getting more they're adapting better uh they're getting physically they're getting stronger and mentally they're getting stronger
1: so with that you're expecting from week to week
2: not week to week. I, I would expect it to be more uh, long term. You know, I would expect it like You know, we're starting off in July. By the time we get to the end of um, August, beginning of September, that seven-minute miler uh, for five miles is going to be six fifty, six forty-five range. Okay. Because we're only doing these the, the hard runs like that. We'll we would only be doing that two to three times a week. So, and you would be. Depending on what your work schedule and so on and so forth is, you would be uh, doing that. Uh, typically, we'll do that five that really hard uh, tempo run up tempo on uh, Sundays.
1: So the up, up tempo is on Sundays, So those runs throughout the week are just kind of easy runs, or some of them are a little bit harder.
2: Well, uh, I'll typically have uh, two or three runs a week, and again, it it depends on the individual, you know. So. Uh, Some of the people that I've worked with a little bit longer uh, I'll know what they, you know, what they're capable of doing and what I would expect them to be able to do and their workout. They may have three hard sessions or hard runs a week. Uh, Someone who I'm just getting to know, I probably would stagger their runs uh, between Wednesday or have their hard runs on Wednesday and on Sunday.
1: That's really interesting. And then the
2: other days, uh, that the guy that's doing seven minute pace for their hard run, uh, probably have that person running, you know, seven thirty to seven forty pace.
1: Okay. So this and this gives really good insight to to our, our listeners and to runners. You know that they're when they hear that term building a base, it's not so much just kind of doing miles at you know whatever pace, just kind of slogging around along. It's it's more so really establishing you know and really building throughout that time
2: there should be uh, there should be structure in anything that you're doing it should don't just you know set your sights on going out and doing you know 30 uh, miles a week or 35 miles a week there should be some uh structure in there as to what days that you do uh the your up-tempo type runs but you do need in your base training you i would i i I have my athletes doing up-tempo uh runs during the week And again it depends on that individual what their strengths are what their weaknesses are where they are uh, as far as their fitness is concerned you know some people can handle three or four uh, up-tempo runs during the week Uh, and some other ones that are newbies that they're probably only going to be able to get one really good quality run in a week so again uh, everything you have to take everything in consideration what their age is uh, what their experience is um, you know, what their times are, you know, there's a big difference between a 25 minute 5k runner and a and a 17 minute 5k runner, because the 17 minute obviously has more experience, more strength, and there's more that I can do with that runner from a training standpoint. Someone who is a 25 to 30 minute 5k runner, it takes a little more time to develop their skill set and and let them realize their full potential.
1: So with them, it would be more time building the base.
2: It'll take the it'll it takes a little bit longer time to establish their base. Yes.
0: Awesome. Do you think we should add anything else? Um, I had a question. No, I forgot it. Hold on. Let me think. I thought that was really good. Oh yeah, can you ask him about? long-term stuff because he was mentioning long-term stuff like say Mm -hmm. for example he has you that 30 year old guy or woman in january run a marathon and then they want to run another marathon in june for example okay how does the base training differ from then to there and then also how long does it take to become a faster runner because look at for example myself i've pr'd and then i've pr'd again the next marathon and, and and how long do you think like does it take that 30 mile runner to really realize his potential and like that? So I could stuff? say well I could say with that so so with that that
1: runner that's running that 25 minute 5K.
0: Oh, wait, I have to clap
1: first. Okay. Okay. So with that runner that's running that 25 minute 5K, how long would you project or foresee that that person it would take them to bring them to that stronger base, closer to that maybe, say, 20-minute 5K?
2: Well, well, uh, okay, so you're 30 years old. You're a 25-minute 5K runner. Uh, So it's likely that you've only been running a short period of time, more than likely less than a year. And and depending on uh, what they can devote, how much time they can actually commit to training, uh, would really dictate to how much progress they can. Make, or I can't say you know, are they 200 pounds or are they 120 pounds? You know, so everyone is completely different, uh, and so there's really no timeline that you can give uh, to to really determine how soon or how fast you can get that 25-minute runner to being a 20-minute 5K runner. Uh, my wife, for example, she uh, when we started going out, she was a uh, recreational type runner, and she started off, her first 5K, she barely broke 30 minutes, but within a couple of years, I had her running consistently in the 18-minute range for 5Ks, so, but it was also, I knew what she could and couldn't do, and I saw her on a daily basis, so... Uh, I could help her uh, improve, and she eventually got to where she was a low three-hour marathon runner, you know. So, um, and this was with no running experience at all. So that's
1: amazing. And what was her age when she started running?
2: She was in her mid-twenties.
1: That's yeah. pretty. And awesome. she never
2: ran in high school or college. Very so.
1: cool. And going back to that that runner who was training for that January race.
2: Yes. The January
1: marathon. So now they run the January marathon, and then their next marathon is say June or July. What would their base look like after that January? What,
2: what we would do after that January race? Okay, Houston is in January, so we've we've just completed the Houston marathon. So now we're going to take a little bit of a break. We're going to back off a little bit of our training. Uh, let the body, uh, you know, mend. Uh, let the mind bend because you've trained so, you know, you've put so much into that, That you know, and getting prepared for the Houston Marathon. So we have a June Marathon. We're going to Australia. Okay, so we're going to take uh, a couple of weeks. Uh, like I said, we're going to take a couple of weeks easy. Then we're going to go back into a base uh, training mode again because you can't, you, we've just finished up our interval sessions, uh, the eight to 10 weeks prior to Houston. Now we're going into uh, uh, where we're going to do another eight to ten weeks of base training just going back into doing uh, steady states uh, and then gradually building the mileage back up again hopefully we'll we've made enough progress in the first session that we will be able to increase the mileage the second session and so for your race in Australia then eight to ten weeks before that that marathon then we uh, go back into the uh, speed and uh, interval training again
1: that is fantastic Okay, Ron, and thank you so much for this information. I have one more question. So, for that twenty to twenty five to thirty mile runner, what are some common mistakes that the recreational runner makes when they are entering into or they're in this base training phase?
2: One of the common mistakes that I see, you know, now that I've uh, started coaching uh, more recreational type runners. One of the biggest flaws that I have witnessed is the fact that you'll go to you'll get together with your buddies on at the track on the on the weekday you know on a on a Wednesday night or you'll meet at the clubhouse on a on a uh, Sunday morning and there's no structure to what they're doing they're you know and I've seen it so many times you know they get together well what are you doing on the track tonight you know or what are you doing for your run your Sunday run and that's just, you should have a plan, you should have structure with your training, in order for you to, if you're really serious about your progressing and realizing your potential, you need a plan, and that's probably the biggest uh, mistake that I see our recreational runners making, is because they're just doing whatever their friends are recommending, uh, and that might be a five-hour marathon, or telling you uh, what you should be doing, and it's really difficult for you to uh, realize your potential by listening to someone that you may have more potential than that individual himself.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a really good point. I mean, even bringing it back to what you mentioned within their base training, that they're they're building their intensity. I feel like so many recreational runners just view that base training as, okay, whatever everyone else is doing, I'm going to do those workouts this week, and that will be part of my mileage.
2: And that's and that's the biggest you know that's the biggest problem you know and and it's running is a social sport I mean this is, is the one good thing it's probably the the nicest thing about running is you can do it with at any time with anyone and any place uh, but the problem is that you know you have twenty people out there with twenty different skill sets and so. If you're out there running with someone that has a skill set, maybe not up to what your skill set potentially could be, you're, you're only hurting yourself. So if you have, you know, if you're, if you're that, uh, that person that's just started running and you have a, the ambition to run 26 miles and run a marathon, you know, you should be doing what you should be doing and not what someone else is doing.
1: Yeah. And even with that same contrast, running with someone who may be faster with you and trying to keep up with them and. Potentially hurting yourself.
2: Well, i i encourage uh, i encourage people to run with people who are faster than themselves because that you will benefit from that. But is it on your schedule to do? If it isn't on your schedule to do, if you're not scheduled to do that for the day, then that's when you run the risk of getting injured if you're if it is on your schedule then you know go for it you know press yourself you know don't be afraid to go out there and challenge yourself and running against someone that might have a little bit more talent or might be a little more advanced than you are uh who's to say that you're not going to eventually uh, pass that person uh, down the road but the only way you'll do that successfully is if you've been trained properly and coached properly you know so because there is a method to uh, realizing uh, one's potential, and in order to do that, you have to find that person's individual strengths and weaknesses, that's going to give you the best shot to realize what you're capable of doing, you can't worry about, that's the only thing you can control is what you do, you, you know, what someone else is doing, if they go, and how many times have you been to a race, and someone goes out like a bat out of hell, and for the first two miles, and then here they come back to you, it's easier to run a race when you uh, run a controlled. The mistakes that you make in your training are the same mistakes that you're going to make in your racing. And this is a quote that I that all my runners hear me use all the time. Start off at a pace that you can maintain or sustain for the duration of your run. If you go out faster and you slow down at the end, then you're not training properly.
1: And with that, that's probably another thing that they can train and practice within that base training.
2: Uh, uh Sure. I mean, that's, you want to be able to, uh, again, uh, if you start, if you're doing a five mile run and you're running seven minute, you're a seven minute average pace, start your run at 720 and then bring it down to 650. You know, don't start off at 650 and then end up finishing at 720. You know, that's, that's the wrong way to train. The right way to train is start off slow, finish strong. Because... If you do that in your training, likely it'll carry over into your racing.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. Well, thank you so much. In summary, what we can say that our runners can take away from this is really to focus on their base within that three to six months, depending upon what their background is.
2: Exactly, yeah. Uh, A three to six month base, again, depending on the individual and where they are, you know, it's different for everyone. You know and um, I you know the 15 to 20 people that I coach not one single one has the same uh, skill set so you know when I'm doing workouts for people I have to do each workout differently for each person because they don't you know unfortunately they all don't have the same skill sets yeah so it makes it a greater challenge for a coach if the coach isn't if the coach isn't identifying what that person needs on an individual basis, then my recommendation is to find a new coach. (laughs) So it's pretty, thats a bold statement, but it's, you know, it's, you know, I want my coach that's working with me to make sure that I'm realizing my potential and he's not comparing me to someone else.
1: Yes, definitely. Well, thank you so much for that insight. I am sure all of our listeners will truly appreciate that.
2: Okay. You guys have a great day.
0: That was a great conversation that you had with Ron. Thanks, Angie, so much for doing that. I feel like I learned a lot of information. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, I feel like I learned so much, and he's very
1: inspiring listening to him. So hopefully our listeners will appreciate and take away some
0: valuable information from that. That's right. And if they have any questions, they can leave us comments, or they can directly contact Ron at his website, www runnerstrainingacademy.com or email which is also runnerstrainingacademy at gmail.com and also direct message through instagram and make sure to like and comment yeah and with that said we're going to have ron as we stated earlier on the show regularly and if you have any topics that you would like us here to discuss with him please feel free to reach out
1: Yes, and if you're interested in taking your running to the next level, then Coach Rom would be a great person to work with, all of his years of experience and his dedication to the field. So you can contact him through any of the outlets that we have mentioned through the Runners Training Academy website, the email address, or the Instagram.
0: All right, you guys, on that note, we're going to wrap it up. I hope you enjoyed all this information, and please tune in next week when we're going to talk about summer running and running in the heat. Also, we're going to be speaking about hydrating and optimally replenishing with electrolytes. Make
1: sure to like our podcast and share it with a friend. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to our podcast, and you can also like our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram. Our account you can find under WGTR Podcast. Thanks, and have a great week of running.